My guest this week on the Bryantland Show is Morel Lagones. Morel is the CEO of Noble Savage Camo down in Austin, Texas. We get into it. We talk about the ups and downs, the smiles and cries of putting together a brand, him putting together his camo pattern and getting it where it is today. We also talk about turkey season. As this podcast drops and you're listening to it, we are a mere 12 days away in Georgia from the opening of turkey season, 12 whole days, not to be confused with Tony Braxton's seven whole days. Look up the song if you don't know what I mean. Tony Braxton, seven whole days, seven whole nights. Either way, the Bryantland Show, we got a great show for you. Now hit my music. Mountain, Georgia. This is the Bryant Land Show, hosted by proud Gamecock and South Carolinian AB3. Rain, rain, go away. Come back in September when you can help our food plots. Welcome to another episode of the Bryant Land Show, coming to you from a very rainy Stone Mountain, Georgia. But I'm inside where it's dry, it's raining outside. I would like to be able to get outside and get in the woods if it would start if it would stop raining. Like I said, turkey season is around the corner. We are amped up, we're jacked up for that. But before we can get into turkey season, we still got a little bit of time. So hopefully it'll stop raining. We can get back in the woods, make a couple of preparations, and then be ready to go for March 21st, the turkey season opener here in the state of Georgia. As I said earlier, my guest this week is Morel Lagones. I am not going to do a whole continue to draw this out or do a big whole drawn out introduction CEO of Noble Savage Camo, we're going to get the 411 on his camo and how things are working out and just what he's done to get his camo to where it is. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, you guys kick back and listen to my conversation with Morel Legons. Morel Legons on the Bryantland Show. Bryantland. Morell, thank you for taking the time all the way mm-hmm. out in Texas, man. What's going on out there in the uh, big state of Texas? It's, everything's bigger and better out there. What, what's going on? So they say, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right now, we're just trying to stay dry a little bit. So we, we need the rain. It, it's funny, Texans. We complain when it rains. We complain when it's too hot. We complain when it's too cold. Um <laughs> But, you know, I know that right now, uh, you know, this is going to pay off uh, come spring. Uh, turkey season's around the corner, so looking forward to that. It, it's almost no different than here in Georgia. Like, literally, if there's been, let's see, it's March 4th as we record this, so let's just say we're like 60-some-odd days in. I feel like literally it's been raining 50-some-odd days. <laughs> 
Like there, I got puddles in my backyard, down on my property. I got all kind of puddles and areas that hold water that I had no idea was holding Man. water now. So I don't know, but like you said, when it, you know, when turkey season opens up, hopefully it'll be beneficial. And then you know, we need this kind of rain in September once we put down the food plots. Like that's when we really yeah. need it. Not in February. You know, I, I'm always jealous of like guys out there in the southeast in certain areas where you guys can do food plots. I, I've tried so many times here in Texas, and I feel like you maybe I'm just not doing it right. Maybe I could do a little more research, but food plots in August in Texas, it, it just doesn't happen. Uh, and, and see, I'm the opposite. Like, I get the food plot thing and I've done them and this year was probably this past season was probably the most success that I've had with them but I'm straight up like I have no problems no apologies with dumping corn dumping protein feed into Mm -hmm. a feeder keeping that up doing the maintenance doing the work of keeping that going than screwing around with food plots because it, sometimes <laughs> food plots is, it, at least for me, it's all or nothing. Like, it's either, like like I said, this past season was pretty good, but for the most part, it's been complete miss. And I, I've done better with just, you know, having a steady protein regimen and instead having a steady regimen of uh, corn or uh, roasted soybeans, uh, mm-hmm. or roasted corn and soybean mix, like that kind of a deal. Like I've had better success with that, and I'm kind of envious of you guys in Texas because that's pretty much straight up what it is. And be- and with that kind of a formula, you pretty much can get where what you want. It's just a matter of doing your homework and getting your pattern down. Yeah, man. Uh, so th- there's certainly benefit to using corn here in Texas. A lot of people do it, you know, myself, you know, I, I'm not ashamed of, of throwing down corn either. It's just when I see these nice, beautiful fill plots and, you know, on TV and online, <laughs> right. it's like, no, man, I, I have rock and cactus is what I have. Uh, I, you know where I hunt. I have uh, yet to see a deer pull a turnip out the ground like how you see on like all these promotional packs and like you said on TV and stuff like they're sitting there with an entire turnip plant with the root hanging off. Oh yeah. Like you know this beautiful eight point rack. Like I've not seen any of that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Neither have I. (laughs) (laughs) But nevertheless man we still keep at it. We still love it. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that that's what it is. But, man, I got you on because, you know, we've talked on a few mm-hmm. occasions about your brand, your camo, Noble Savage, and mm-hmm. just, you know, sharing things, going back and forth, you know, what it takes to build a brand and, you know, things of that nature. But I wanted to find out more, and I wanted, it, you know, to give you a chance to tell your story as sure. far as, like, you know, putting together a brand. Because for me, Bryantland was, and I'm, again, not ashamed to say, Bryantland was born out of vanity. It was simple. I wanted something with my name on it. And then once mm-hmm. I got past that part, 
I then knew what the purpose was and what I wanted, you know, to do with it. Noble sure. Savage, how was that born? Where did you come from? Or like where where did you get the idea from? What made you want to go out and start that task? Yeah, so um really it's from being in the woods and I mean, we all wear clothes, right, in the woods. And to a certain extent, probably had a similar experience as you. Like, man, you you look at what you have on and think to yourself, like, I can do that, right? Right. Um, and so you start, you know, my kind of inspiration for uh, the, the pattern itself and um, the color scheme and things like that really came from what I saw in, in the woods from nature. I wanted to be inspired by that. And so, uh, you know, some of the color schemes are very much inspired by uh, different animals. So raptors, uh, you know, owls and hawks and, you know, birds of prey inspired a lot of the, you know, color schemes that I wear right now for bow hunting. You know, I figure they're hunting from an elevated position. I'm hunting from an elevated position. Maybe I can learn something from that. Mm. And so, so that's kind of where the design concept and, you know, the color schemes and things like that came from, um, you know, I had a vision in my head, but I don't know anything about manufacturing a product. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and so I had to figure out, you know, how do people get a camel pattern produced? First of all, I mean, you're, you're not just sketching it out on a notepad and then just, printing it on, on garments. So you have to do the diligence, you have to do the work and you find out one part. It's like, okay, this is how you get a pattern produced and go out and get that done. And you say, wow, that was a lot harder than I thought. Um, okay. So now what, what's the next step? And you find out the next step, getting samples and things like that. That was a lot harder than I thought. Yeah. And as it turns out, business, at least in entrepreneurial pursuits, you're taking one step at a time and you take that step and you look back and you're like, wow, that was a lot harder than I thought, but I did it. And then you just keep taking the next step and you take the next step. And, you know, a year or two or three later, you look back and you say, man, I kind of have a brand now. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> You just and look, so it, it, you look back at that at that road. Like, are you the kind? Because I know I'm the kind of person. I'm so focused on the finished result, mm -hmm. and so I don't always enjoy the process or the baby mm -hmm. steps or celebrate. You know the different steps and milestones. Are you more of a like? Do you trust? quote unquote, trust the process? Do you enjoy it? Do you, you know, immerse yourself in it? Or are you more looking at the final final? Yeah, I think you and I are similar in a lot of ways. I, I was a, a baseball player growing up. I, I actually played a little minor league baseball for the Royals for a couple seasons. Nice. What position? And so I was a middle infielder. Okay. Uh, shortstop and second base primarily. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so I am incredibly goal oriented. Like I want to be the first across the finish line, but very quickly I realized business doesn't operate like that. <laughs> yeah. 
And you, you have to be, you know, I'm still very goal oriented, but um, and you've probably experienced this. I know I have. This journey is a series of goals that you need to achieve in order to be successful. And so what I found is that I have a vision in my mind of what I'm looking to achieve with the brand. And that goal is way out there. Right. And right. part of it, I don't even know if I can really say anytime like, yeah, I've, I've achieved it, you know, but it's aspirational. I'm always reaching for that. But with that in mind, there are a number of small steps and goals that I have to achieve in order to get there. And so, uh, yeah, I kind of I'm, you know, I'm 40s. And so I write things down. Yep. <laughs> and I like to yep. scratch them off. <laughs> I, I, I'm satisfied when things get scratched off the to-do list. And, and that's what keeps me going because I can look at that. And um, I know that even if it's a small thing, like today I'm going to get business cards. It's a small thing, but it's still an accomplishment. Right. And that kind of keeps me motivated and keeps me going. And you can, it, it's something that you can check off. Mm-hmm. Now, you were saying, you know, like getting the development and things of that nature for you to get a prototype, like the very first, you know, piece of camo um, from the beginning of the idea to that step. How, how long of a process was that? That took me over a year, easily over a year, probably a year and a half from just concept to, actual product in hand. Um, and then you get product in your hand and you're like, this isn't quite what I had in mind. Mm. And then you have a series of those things where you're like, eh, that's close, but not quite. And, um, you know, kind of hindsight being 2020, the reason why my, that was my experience is because I went into this. I, I didn't even know what I didn't know. I mean, I, again, I've never produced a garment in my life. Right. Actually, I did a tie dye t-shirt in camp once and that, that was about it. Right. A little bit um, different from a one single tie dye t-shirt to mass producing a branded camo pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I've, I've since, you know, kind of taken a timeout a step back mm-hmm. in order to educate myself more about the process and understanding what the steps are that I need to take in order to do this correctly. And I've begun to do those steps, do them correctly because I skipped a lot when I didn't early on, because I just didn't know what the steps were. Right. And the outcomes, the product that I had in hand, they were not what I what I wanted because I skipped steps. And so um, I needed to take a, a time out, take a couple steps back so that I, I can do things the right way. Yeah. In the process of doing that, did you kind of, were you a little nervous and a little worried because I'm sure, 
you know, you there's a certain financial cost with, mm-hmm. you know, getting the development and stuff and then you having to send it back and and whatnot. Because, like, when you started, I'm pretty sure you had, like, a budget in mind. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this is what I'm going to spend on development. This is what I'm going to spend on, you know, um, marketing and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So when you're, when you're, you know, essentially repeating, you know, that first step, like, was there, like, a time of, like, frustration or, like, you, you know, kind of worried or, like, how am I going to, you know, revamp and switch mm-hmm. things up? You know what I mean? Like. hundred percent, man. You have all those emotions. You know, you, you get mad at the manufacturers for not doing, for them not doing exactly what was in your head. When in reality, that was just a, a failure in my communication. So I'm mad at my manufacturer and I'm mad at myself. <laughs> right. You know, and, and because of that, I, I spent three X what I should have spent, you know, if I would just done it right the first way. And so, yeah, I mean, you, you go through so many different emotions, even times where you start to wonder, like, is this even worth it? Like, mm-hmm. even if like if I were to quit today, really, like how many people would know? Right. 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 I I feel like that about this podcast and what I am trying to accomplish about this podcast often. It's just like mm-hmm. if if I didn't put one out this week, would more than four people miss me? Like you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Cause sometimes you just, you know, again, being a goal oriented, results oriented person. And like, you know, we were talking before, you know, you're working in a startup. I work in television production. So we literally work in result oriented businesses. So when we try to do stuff for ourselves and you're not seeing the results, and I don't know about you, but I was not wired with the level of patience that most people are wired (laughs) with. You know, yeah. it can be very, very frustrating. So uh, yeah, to definitely. say that, what keeps you going? What what keeps bringing you back at night, you know, back to the drawing board? How can I make this bigger and better and better, you know? Right, right, yeah. I, I think it is back, it, there's a couple things. So it is back to what I, I call like our mission, like the reason why we're in business. So Noble Savage is, is in outdoor apparel brand. We create product for the hunting, you know, market right now and have visions and aspirations of expanding to other markets in the outdoor industry as well. That's not our mission. That's not why we're here. We're not here to make clothes. It's what we do, but not why we're here. Kind of when I really sat down and developed a business plan, the things that I wanted to accomplish through the business were three things. One, I wanted to inspire adventure. Um, I grew up in inner city Los Angeles. I mean, it was a time of, you know, heightened gang violence. I mean, people, I remember spending, you know, New Year's Eve when everybody was out doing, you know, celebrating, we would spend it on the ground, lying in our stomachs, hoping not to catch a bullet flying, you know, through the neighborhood. Mm. Like, you don't want to live like that. Right. I mean, I, you have dreams of, you know, big mountains and big prairies and streams and oceans that you wanted to see. And so um, what I wanted to do was inspire people to get outside of their day to day 
and get out and experience adventure. So that is the first thing that, uh, that I wanted to do. The second thing is through adventure and getting out, I wanted to help people, inspire people to, to um, seek personal growth, to push yourself, right? So when you're out, you know, you're, you're packing in corn to a feeder, right? Right. Um, I have a, I hunted some public land here in Texas and it was a quarter mile one way to the little spot that I hunted uphill. And so I think about how much corn I packed in one bag, one 40 pound bag at a time, you know, mineral blocks and so on and so forth. Like I learned a lot and I grew personally through that experience and I want other people to experience the outdoors and to grow as well. And then the third thing, I want to inspire spiritual renewal. I personally, I feel there's something, you know, very spiritual about being out in nature, being not just out, but in it. You're a part of nature. You're a part of the circle of life, right? And so I want more people to experience that. You can experience that through the hunt. Mm-hmm. You can experience that through if you're fishing, if you're backpacking, if you're just, you know, canoeing, you know, a hundred miles down a river. All these things you can do, you know, by engaging with the outdoors. And so those three things, inspiring adventure, personal growth, and spiritual renewal, that's why I'm in business. And that's what keeps me going. Right. Saying I look at my son and I want him to experience adventure. I need to keep going. Mm. Right. So those type of things really keep me going. Sorry, I'm a little long winded. No, no, you're no, you're you're perfect. I mean, it's all good stuff because it's definitely when you're looking for that that uh, inspiration to have it so clear and I admire that you have it, you know, so clearly laid out. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can, do you have it like on, like on your wall or like on a sticky note or something like yeah. that, like where you can always like go back to it or whatever. I, I, early on, I created a business plan and I, I got everything down. It's in like a word document. Right. And it, it's not, the business plan is not, something you write and it sits there. It's, it's a living, breathing document. I've changed it so many times. I don't even know. I just changed it like three weeks ago. Right. Wow. Uh, so you're, you're, I'm always looking at it. I probably look at this at least once a week. And, it, and I, it's always evolving. It's always evolving. And it, it's my guide. So let's say for example, right. The three things that I just mentioned, adventure, personal growth and spiritual renewal When I post to Instagram, I can now think back, okay, is this in line with what I'm trying to achieve, Mm -hmm. you know, through my business plan Are the, the, the imagery, the kind of the, the post, you know, writings or whatever I'm doing, am I doing the things that are in line with my business plan? And it it, is. You know, it determines so much of what we do. It's like if you're going to be in business, you have to have that. And it has to be written down. Otherwise, you know, kind of that competitive person, if it's not written, it doesn't count. 
Right. <laughs> if right. it's just in your head, it's not a plan. It's right. just a, an idea. It's got to be down on paper. So you got your plan together. You get your you get your prototype. You finally mm-hmm. get that down. What is the next step after that? Do you go directly into field testing and from there, or what? What's the yeah. next thing after that? So I have the prototype, and I probably spent two seasons with just with me with the proto. It was one prototype, and I had it. And I was out. I was testing it, and it, it wasn't just one. I had a couple. Some worked better than others. Mm-hmm. You know, there were some things I noticed about some. There was some wear, depending on what boots I had on, in some places I wasn't really happy with. The fabric, some fabrics I felt um, they're really shiny, mm, yep, <laughs> and, yep. and I can't stand that. Right. I didn't want to look like a big mirror out there, <laughs> so I, I went through a series of just my own personal testing to where I'm going to wear it. I'm going to, you know, be intellectually honest about the product, and if I don't like it, then it's back to the drawing board. If I like it, then great. Matter of fact, I had a pair of gloves that I'm like, oh, these are going to be so awesome. Mm -hmm. And then within like two hunts, they're ripping apart and everything, and they were terrible. So I tossed them to the side, back to the drawing board on those. So I had it for two seasons, and then this last season, I expanded that um, field testing more broadly. So I opened it up. And that's hard, man. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, when, once you announce to the world and you, you're kind of opening yourself up to the world and for criticism, it gets really hard. Yeah. Yes. And um, that's where I, I, having good people around you is really helpful. I take things personally because you pour so much of yourself into the business, into the product. And when people are like critical about it or whatnot, I tend to take it personally. I'm getting better about that, though. Well, I, I think you. Sh- <laughs> I, I think you should. Like, to me, one of the craziest, like, most underrated or overrated sayings is the, "Oh, well, it's just business. It's not personal." But when you put your own personal into it. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. it's personal. And when yeah. they, and you know, you can take criticism, but if somebody comes at you at uh comes at you sideways, then it's like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, luckily I, I haven't encountered anyone that has just been just critical for the sake of being critical. Right. You know, the the group that I have that tested the product this last year, um, it, it was kind of a fairly safe group. Uh, but it did a couple things for me. It expanded the range of um, habitat and uh, hunting styles beyond, and even uh, kind of species beyond what I was able to do on my own. Right. Like I can't be in the blind here in central Texas and hunting elk in Idaho at the same time. Right. 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 <laughs> So um, I needed to understand, you know, how would someone in going on a mule deer hunt in New Mexico, how would they experience the product? What did it work for them? Did it not? What did they like? What they didn't like? 
I'm in Texas. And so there are a couple people in Texas that I really rely on for feedback. And then, you know, there were guys in Alaska and Hawaii that, that helped out as well. And I, I got some excellent feedback, man. Like one of the things that I learned, and this, this goes into, um, you know, my business plan is consistency. Anybody that's worn a product, you at times you wonder, like, man, these are this. It's the same color, but it looks a little different. Right. Right. And one of the things I learned is, depending on the fabric, it may accept color through the manufacturing process a little different, mm. and things may come out a little different than you anticipate. And so. For example, my hats were a light. They were came out a lot lighter mm-hmm. than they should have, and they didn't quite match. And so people didn't like the hats. And then you have some people that they want a flat bill hat. Some people want structure hats. Right. Some people want unstructured hats. You know, some people are more heavy set. More people. Some people are athletic build. Mm. And and so like the fit is, is super important to people, and I got a lot of good feedback about that. That will incorporate into this year. Gotcha. Now, the when you were saying the structure of the um, like the patterns and stuff, you know, you took mm-hmm. it from different birds and raptors and things of mm-hmm. that nature. Do you have multiple like? patterns that you were testing or you kind of like settled on one pattern and just kind of going to go with that or yeah so if you look at the 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 product um on the website or online which is website give that to us so yep noblesavagecamo.com awesome um you can also find it on facebook instagram um if you look at it it the there are two things there's the pattern and then you have kind of the color the coloration, right? And so the pattern itself stays fairly consistent. Um, it's built with the idea of kind of breaking up the human silhouette. You know, really concealment is what we're, we're talking about. Right. And then wanted to do some, like have some micro patterns and macro patterns. And, you know, there's the whole, you know, kind of science community around camouflage, uh, you know, science that I tried to adopt a lot of that technology along with what, you know, recent studies into the eyesight of deer, elk, and other kind of deer species into developing the pattern. But then the color options, you know, I I was able to layer on different color options on that, on the pattern. Mm -hmm. So this last year, I kind of landed on one that I call internally is the raptor. You know, it's... You see a lot of gray tones. You see some browns, some lighter browns, some darker browns, you know, lighter grays and darker grays. And so those colors, if you look at an owl, you're, you're going to find those, that same coloration in an owl or a hawk. Uh, and that's directly where those colors came from or from those animals. Nice. So um, now when I talk about hunting is where we're cutting our teeth Mm -hmm. because I believe hunters, you know, we experience a wide range of weather conditions, you know, terrain and things like that. And it's the perfect proving ground for a lot of things. But not everybody, let's say if you're out fishing, 
you, you're probably going to want something a little different, right? right? If you live in the, you know, the Southwest and Arizona, the coloration might be a little different than if you live in the Northeast or, you know, out in the Southeast where it's very green, right? So in, in kind of the roadmap, there are ideas about different color screens, color schemes that can be applied to the pattern itself. But for right now, uh, the Raptor pattern and the Raptor, or excuse me, the Raptor color option is kind of where we landed on. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. Again, all structured, all, you know, together, doing your testing, mm -hmm. you're getting things uh, together. So now after this season of testing, what are you going to break out for that? Well, twofold question. Question one, what are you going to uh, – what changes or what are you going to break out this year based mm -hmm. off your testing uh, from last year? And then two, your distribution, are you making any waves with that as far as like trying to get it into stores or anything like that? Mm -hmm. Or are you good with, you know, controlling your distribution like through your website and things like that? Right, right, right. So how much time do we have to talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's start with kind of new and upcoming. Mm -hmm. You know, what are we working on? One of the things we heard loud and clear, that's a pain point for, you know, people that hunt. It was fit. You know, and it makes perfect sense. What we're talking about are clothes. As a matter I went to bought some jeans the other day for a company function, mm -hmm. which I buy jeans like once every four years. I, <laughs> I, I'd rather be punched in the face than to go, you know, buy jeans or clothes for any, for that matter. Right. And so I had to go, there's a JC Penney's by me. I went to JC Penney's and I swear I tried on like 12 different pair of jeans and each one fit a little different. I had to try on all those to get just one that fit. And so fit in apparel is super important. Uh, and so we were, we made a lot of, um, you know, adjustments in how we do our sizing right. and fit to make it more comfortable for more people when they're out in the field. And when it comes to some of the product, we are doing a lot more in terms of, um, you can call it technical design. So some of the features that you will see in uh, other things uh, like, you know, gusseted, you know, crotch area or, you know, enhanced, uh, you know, hooded zippers or, you know, things of that nature. Some, you know, additional features that help make you more comfortable and more quiet when in the field. We're exploring some different fabrics as well to um, allow you to be in the field in a, you know, more, uh, more conditions. So the last for 20, you know, 19, 20, uh, 2020 hunting season, our products were not like water resistant, really. Mm. I mean, they held up okay, right. but in a downpour, man, you're going to get wet. Right. Uh, and that's the reality. I, again, I, I'm in Texas. It doesn't happen very often, but 
remember I have guys in Hawaii or guys in Michigan yep. or guys in, you know, in the Georgia area where it does rain a lot. Sure. Yep. And so I, you, I needed to make some adjustments to give more people um, an opportunity to you know, be out in the elements a lot longer. And that, that's going to lead to success. So those are the type of things. And then I'm going to make some concessions on the hat. Like I, for one, I like an unstructured hat. Yeah, I have like my wife says I have a peanut head. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay with having an unstructured hat. But most people like, you know, your standard structured hat. Right. And so, again, I personally don't. But. I, I want to be a customer centric business and, and Meaning, it, like, yeah, go ahead. no, no, no. I was just saying, I, I'm agreeing with you. Cause that's hard, man. It's like, mm-hmm. you look at something and you're like, okay, well I don't like that, but you got to manage that because it's like, okay, well are you making this for you or are you making it, you know, for your customers? So somebody will buy it because just because yep. you like it doesn't mean that they're going to like it. And you know, sometimes they're going to like stuff and you're going to like, that is just pure, like not something I would want to be a part of, but yep. if it's satisfying your customer, then you kind of got to go with it. Yep. Yeah. That that's exactly right, man. And, um, for the first couple years, considering I was the only one wearing the product, I, I have my own preferences. Right. And you look on the website or you look on the Facebook page and you see me in a lot of pictures and one of the things I was really excited about this last year is that it wasn't just me anymore. Like, man, I got a lot of other people out here with a lot of other opinions. Yep. And the, like, you're why I'm in business. You're why, you know, I want to continually improve and make good product. Not so I can look good on my website so that you can be out in the field and be successful. And so being a customer centric organization means embracing critical feedback from customers, you know, understanding, you know, their pain points, understanding kind of delivery. We talked about uh, kind of distribution. Right. Uh, I'll get into kind of how they, how they want to be served and then delivering that delivering on that consistently. That's the other component. You know, if you ever go to, let's say McDonald's, uh, which I don't go there very often. Let, let's say Chick Fil A. I like Chick Fil A. Okay. <laughs> if you if anybody goes to Chick Fil A, man, you know what you're gonna get. You're gonna get in line, and then like 36 seconds later, you got your food. Right. Like that's Chick Fil A. Right. And the reason why they can do that though is because they have a very well defined system for how you take an order, like how you get your straw. You ever have you know, a line of Chick-fil-A and then there's just somebody there with your receipt and a straw. It's like, boom. Right. They got, like, it, oh, got, a, okay. got it down to a science. <laughs> down to a science. You know, it's this consistency. And so that's what I want to build into the business. That's what I aspire to. I want to be able to deliver, you know, product to, you know, to the uh, customer base consistently. I want you to have a consistent experience. Um, and that's why feedback is so important. If something is not working, I, you know, I want to know so that we can correct the process right. and then we can deliver more consistently. Man. And then distribution. Okay. 
So I minored in economics in school. And so this is, I kind of geek out a little bit over this type of stuff. (laughs) You, You look at the, 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 the retail model. Right. And it's, is getting hammered right now through, you know, e-commerce and the way that innovative companies are going to market direct to consumer and things like that has been really stressful on the e-commerce business. You have companies like Dick Sporting Goods, you know, who they're, they're not carrying, you know, hunting apparel. You have, uh, you know, field and streams, you have, you know, the combination or the acquisition of, you know, Cabela's from Bass Pro, right. you know, this consolidation happening in the retail markets. Um, and so in essence, you know, I have to think to myself, okay, how am I going to be different? And so the plan is right now is to be direct to consumer through the website. What that also means you have to be really, really good at your website. <laughs> right. Right. So in terms of what information do people need or want when making a buying decision? Do they care about, you know, how many ounces, you know, my pants weigh, or do they care? Like, are they waterproof? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or water resistant. Right. So understanding like what matters is super important and really taking advantage of channels like social media channels, you know, perhaps partnerships with with people that have followings, um, you know, some online retailers perhaps could be an opportunity in 2020. So um, we're, we're really exploring uh, a go-to-market strategy that is does not necessarily involve, you know, big box retail, maybe more sm- smaller mom and pop opportunities. Sure. But yep. um, it's primarily going to be digital. Which, like you said, I mean, that that's basically the primary way a lot of people are getting their stuff, hunters included. Like, I, I'm always surprised because, you know, hunters, we seem like, you know, we're just more of a very matter-of-fact, very direct, you know, bunch. You know, you want to go in the store, you want to go and get your bow, you want to go in the store and pick up your ammo, mm-hmm. whatever. But there's a lot of stuff on Amazon, and there are a lot of guys that yeah. are – you know, getting stuff off of Amazon or going to the website, you know, different brands that may, you know, have been in big box stores have now, you know, taken their stuff direct to their own uh, website. Yep. So, I mean, no, it's, I totally get it. And it, it's, you know, the, the smart thing to do. And then at the end of the day, it keeps you in control. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And in, I, I think thinking about kind of, you know, the audience as well, you really have to think about, okay, if I want to be in business for the next 30 years, right. Mm -hmm. I can't cater to somebody that's, you know, my age or older. Yeah. I can't carry cater to somebody that's 50, 60 years old because they won't be around in 30 years. I often find inspiration from my son who's 10. I think about how does he consume information? Right. Where does he look at, you know, what is he looking at to find out about new product? Does he, he's never stepped foot in a Sears. I don't don't even know if Sears is around. (laughs) Right. Right. He, I don't, I don't know if he's ever been to a mall, to be honest with you. (laughs) Oh, wow. Like, you know, so he's, he's on TikTok. He's on YouTube, Netflix. 
you know, apps, games, you know, this is how the younger generation, they're learning about products. They're learning about new trends. They're learning about politics on Fortnite. Right. Right. Yep. It's <laughs> so, amazing, but yeah. Yeah. So you got to think about, um, you know, if you plan to be in business for the next 30 years, you have to do some of the fundamental blocking and tackling, you know, for today, but you, you can't take your eye off of tomorrow either. You know, so right now I use my kids, they're super inspirational um, because they keep me honest. And when I'm thinking like a 42 year old man, they're like, Hey dad, like, Nobody does it that way anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. They keep they keep us young. And yeah. And at the and at the end of the day, I mean, a lot of times they they are the ultimate uh what is it, product tester, mm-hmm. uh cert, focus group. That's the word I'm looking for. They are the ultimate focus group. Cause like you say, you want to build towards that future. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And probably your kids probably tell you the same thing, right? Oh, they, they, I mean, my kids are 15. Well, uh, my son's fixing to be 15 right now. They're 14 and 13. And I mean, just looking at them, a lot of the stuff, it's like, oh, well, yeah, I did that when, you know, I was you guys' age. And it was like, but no, we do it this way and stuff. And I'm just like, all right, you know, it, it, Mm -hmm. there's multiple ways to skin a cat. But yes, I see, I see where you're going with this, but. Yep. The the they are the ultimate focus group. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, they they are. They they keep me honest. Um and that kind of goes back to you know, something I think we we were hinting on is you know that desire to continue because very is very easy. You you pour a lot of time, you pour a lot of money, you know, you're you know, you're not going on vacation because you got to buy inventory for product and mm-hmm. things of that nature. So you're sacrificing a lot. And when you're not immediately, right, seeing those results that you want it, you're like, is this worth it? <laughs> right. 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 All you, the you burned out. The burnout, like, the yeah. doubt. Yeah. No, it, it, yeah. exactly. When you're not yeah. seeing those immediate results. It, it it can take a hold, and I've found for me that sometimes you just got to take step, take a step back, mm-hmm. kind of resurvey it, and then you know, kind of recharge, and then get back into it. And then you come up with more ideas, or come up with new ideas, better ideas, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the other thing I think is super important is to have a, a network. You know, have a, a network of people that you trust around you that can steer you, that can guide you, that can encourage you or correct you um, to help solve or not really solve the burnout problem, but, you know, just kind of keep you going. Um, And I mentioned that because I mentioned early on, I I work at a tech startup here in Austin and I look at my CEO. I mean, he's a Harvard business graduate. I mean, the guy is like, he remembers everything. He remembers everything. He's already been successful. He's sold companies for over $300 million before. So I'm here, I'm here. I am. I'm like, you know, community college, state college guy. Yeah. I'm wanting to be successful. So 
observing, you know, even if you're a Harvard Biz grad, there's still struggles. I mean, he he's six years or so into the company that I work at now, and we still struggle with things. Mm. And we have some of the brightest people I've ever encountered at this organization. And to just be around them in that atmosphere and understanding what the reality of a startup is. Um, he uses the analogy, which like everybody gives them crap about like the tortoise in the hare, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, this is a marathon and you're, you're not here. You're, like, you don't have a podcast and I don't have an apparel brand to be successful. Like just tomorrow, I want to be successful for the next 30 years. Right. And so because I'm not getting what I want right now, I can't let that, you know, discourage me because I understand that businesses aren't built overnight. Um, and it, it just is going to take a lot of effort and it takes time. And truthfully, that's what's going to separate, you know, those who want it bad enough from those who don't. Right. And who will still be, still be standing and still be here mm -hmm. in, you know, 15, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, how bad do you want it? Because there's many times I question, like, do I really want it that bad? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but you, you've gotten it this far. And I mean, just the progressions that you're making, I mean, the stuff looks good. You got, like you Appreciate said, you, it. you got, you know, a team of folks around you testing and things of that nature. So, I mean, it, there's only, you know, room to go up. I mean, you got you got a great yeah. team around you. So, I mean, you're doing things the right way from what I can tell. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, man. And you, you're right. It's all about I, I'm a people person um, and I, I enjoy people. I, I you know respect people and to be surrounded with people and um, that that are just good, just honest people that are just you know, transparent with me yep. is it, super, super helpful. It's super, super helpful. I mean, I certainly, I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I am today, which is like nowhere basically, <laughs> but I, I made a couple baby steps. I recognize that, but I wouldn't even be there without some of the people, you know, out there. And so, uh, you know, very, very grateful for those folks for sure. Man, that's, that is awesome. So, mm -hmm. Let's switch gears real quick before I get yep. you out of here. Turkey season coming up. Yeah. You're obviously you're going to be out there in your camo mm -hmm. making it happen. Tell I'm me a, try. tell me I'm a little try. bit about your <laughs> turkey season cuz we were talking, you know, before about, you know, just the demands on time and then how the season yeah. runs yeah. in Texas. So then that makes me believe that you are a shotgun guy or do you try I, to take your bow and uh and put it on a turkey? Okay, so let, there's there's a kind of history here. Um <laughs> so for the folks you know, I'm a dad. I'm a regular guy. I, I play some baseball. And so I, I also manage my son's 10U baseball team. Okay. So that basically means from February to July, I have no life um, other than baseball. And so the turkey season, you know, here in Lavaca County, 
in Texas is where I hunt turkey is the month of April. So uh, that's, you know, you only have a couple weeks. Generally, during the baseball season, that gives me, in that time, I might get one weekend right. to go out. Maybe two if I like, we have an early game and then I could jet out and hunt like a Sunday morning right. and then come home. Right. Um, so a couple years ago, yeah, I think it was 2015 or 16 is when I first got into Turkey. Okay. And I thought, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to make, you know, some turkey sounds and I'm going to shoot me a turkey. Because yeah. <laughs> that's what they show on TV. Right. <laughs> and three years later, or two years later, I did not have a turkey. And um, being a competitive person and a goal-oriented person, that did not feel good. Right. Um, and so, but last year, I finally, I got a turkey, ironically, without calling. So th that could be my problem right there, is that I could be just a terrible caller. Um, and so with that being said, uh, you know, the weapon of choice, for me, a shotgun. I, I can shoot with a bow. That's fine. I, I don't really have a preference. I don't get to shoot my shotgun very often, and so I like to take it out. Right. Um, I'll do some dove hunt hunts every now and then, you know, just time depending, but it's one of the only times I, I really hunt with a shotgun, and I, so I'll take my shotgun. I've heard people, a few people say, you know, turkeys were meant to be smashed in the face uh, <laughs> by shotgun. Um, I will say, and I've often said, my greatest accomplishment in my short-lived hunting career has been killing a turkey with a bow. I killed one with a shotgun last year, and it was mm -hmm. very rewarding, don't get me wrong. I also mm -hmm. missed a couple with a shotgun last year. But definitely... The turkey that I killed in Nebraska with my bow is probably the thing that I am most proud of. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm going to going to make an attempt, you know, with my bow. But I will get out there with the shotgun just so cool. I can, you know, feel like okay, if I need to just go ahead and get this done, I can get it done. So yeah, but yeah, I, and and for me, at the end of the day, it's about being out there. Man, it's nothing. There's just nothing like hearing those turkeys gobble, you know, in the roost, get ready to fly down in the morning. Oh yeah. Uh, Nothing. Definitely. And especially when they get down in there, if you, if you set up close, whether you're in the blind or snugged up against a tree, I mean, just to hear them gobbling and hear them coming, man, it, yep. and right there in your chest, it's nothing like it. I've often said, you know, it, there's nothing like it. And then, it seems like even though, you know, for us, deer season closed, I think, like mid-January. Mm -hmm. So you don't really do a lot. You know, I did a little bit of waterfowl hunting in January. You don't really do anything in February. And then March comes along. It, it's really not that long of a time, but it's just like, man, you feel like you've been off for so long. You're just ready <laughs> to get back out there and hunt something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's every year I look forward to turkey hunt. Um, I like it because it's something where I can take my son out if he wants to get up. Right. It's just so relaxing. It's beautiful. The weather is perfect. You know, it's just spring is in the air. Man, I, I just love it. I love it. Well, for us here in Georgia, 
it is not far away, March 21st. So yeah, hopefully uh, the rain will cease and I will get out, be able to get out there on that opening weekend and try to see what I can make happen. Morell, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. Before you sure. get out of here, one more time, give us the website, Facebook, all that stuff where people can go and get their hands on some Noble Savage. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can check us out online at noblesavagecamo.com. Um, that's the website. You can also find us with uh, Noble Savage Camo on Instagram and Facebook. Those are the primary places. Um, you know, we try to do updates as frequent as possible or when we have something compelling, uh, you know, to post, uh, we'll in the 2020, you'll see that ramp up. You know, one of the things we're committed to do is putting out more content for you guys, uh, and more product updates. So be sure to, to check back there. Um, if you visit the website, also take a moment to sign up for the newsletter. Um, so we're going to be ramping that up here in 2020 as well. Um, again, with some great content, um, imagery and whatnot for you guys. So, uh, you know, be sure to sign up for that newsletter. Awesome. Again, like I said, Morel, I appreciate it. Good luck on your turkey season. Good luck with everything coming up with Noble Savage this year. Thank you. And then, man, let's get together soon and do it again. Yes, yes, absolutely. Adam, you have a, a great one. I wish you luck. You know, smash those turkeys, man. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> yeah. Get some. <laughs> yes, sir. Man, I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Morell. We had a great time. I had a great time talking to him and doing it. We continue to talk a few more minutes after the recording, man. And I urge you guys to go check out his uh, Noble Savage camo uh, he's got some real great apparel, doing some great things, tweaking, making it better. So you got to respect that man for that. Before I get ready to get out of here, just a couple of things I want to remind you guys about. Bryantlandcountry.com, Bryantlandcountry.com. It's the website. Everything, everything Bryantland is on Bryantlandcountry.com. Previous podcasts, blogs, merch videos all of that is on the website bryantlandcountry.com make sure you go check it out pick up some merch man springtime spring's gonna be in the air soon rep your bryantland merch man go grab you some shirts grab you you know some uh tees some women's tees we got all kind of stuff in the merchandise in the merch shop for bryantlandcountry.com Go check it out. Now, I completely butchered that. I'm not going to do it again because you guys understand what I'm trying to say. BryantLandCountry.com, website, merchandise, videos, blogs, previous podcasts, all those good things. Go check it out. I'm going to get ready to get up on out of here, though. I've done enough damage for this evening. Thank you again for downloading the show. Continue to tell five people to tell five more people about it. Go over to iTunes. Mash that five-star button. You cannot do that enough. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. We want to hear from you. Look at that. I did a rhyme. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again. Thank you for taking the time for checking out our podcast. And make sure you come back next week for another episode of The Bryant Land Show. <laughs> 